This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. The voice of South Yorkshire and North Derbyshire. BBC Radio Field. Here's Odijay trying to get the better of Risa, using good body strength. In towards Howard, down he goes, and Barnsley claiming a penalty there, and Martin Atkinson not giving it. Big, big decision right at the end of the game in added time. Adijay goes up for it, away by Carragher. Howard's there once more. Still it's Howard, still going. Second goal for 
the South Yorkshire Derby defeat away at Sunderland a missed opportunity for Barnsley we'll discuss that and more on the Reds report as we're joined in the studio by former Reds defender and captain Angus MacDonald with myself Chris Mason and Carlo van der Watering Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. And we are live on the Vibe, on the Red Report, Chris Mason, Carlo van der Watering. We're going to get stuck into things quite quickly, Carlo, get the two games out of the way, as we say. Well, we've got a studio guest and we've got questions for Angus and we'll get stuck into them after the first break. So, Carlo, looking back firstly at Doncaster at the weekend, we spoke to uh, John Parkin about it. Thank you to everybody that came to that night, by the way, at the Opium Indie Bar. Lots of money raised for the Liam Jones legacy, and that was fantastic. Cheers Lots to of John. Lots of too, by yes, John Parkin. Yeah, John Parkin <laughs> did very well, didn't he, out of Gary Tedford <laughs> uh, at the bar. But, no, you look back at it, Doncaster came and played above their level, I think. Barnsley below their level. And in the end, Barnsley lucky to get away with a point. Yeah, it, it just felt like Doncaster were more up for a South Yorkshire derby. They came to play football. Um, I can't say they exploited the weaknesses. It just seemed at times that they wanted it to be more. We're almost a bit shell-shocked at times. They'd pinpointed an area, though, hadn't they? Their manager come out after and said he pinpointed our right full-back. Yeah. Because he, he quote-unquote, doesn't track back. Yeah. That's good management, isn't it? From Don- When you look at Doncaster, they came with a game plan then. It is, and I suppose it worked, you know. Um, and one is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a disgrace, is it? But we all said you just then need to learn those lessons and, and take them forward into the next match, and obviously that bit didn't come off, did it? No. The difference for Barnsley now is that they've got a natural goal scorer in Corley Woodrow. He's come off the bench, Carlo. A bit baffling for the supporters why he didn't start the game Saturday, but straight away he's come on, and he's that fox in the box that Barnsley have missed from the days of Sam, we said it last week, of Sam Winall, when it came in the box, it was there, bump, back of the net, 1-1, and Barnsley were quite quickly back into the game. Yeah, scored on his league debut, cup uh, you know, cup debut, the, the checker trade when he played. Um, and that relationship seems to be getting better and better, doesn't it, between sort of Kiefer Moore and Corley Woodrow. Um, I was a bit stunned. I, I didn't understand, because I thought, if you're going to exploit Doncaster, you know, I felt at times Keith Moore was quite isolated up front, two defenders around him. So even when he got the ball, there was no sort of like natural way where he could play it off and, and bring somebody in. However, um, when Woodrow did come on, it just shows, was he on the pitch, what, two minutes? Yeah, yeah, you two know, minutes. Gets a chance and it's in the back of the net. Yeah. You look towards the end. When you watch the highlights back, obviously you're at the game for 90 minutes, but you watch it back. Doncaster, very much the dominant team, hit the crossbar. Herbie Kane, we spoke about him last week. He yeah. was a constant threat cutting him from that <laughs> left hand side. But we need to blame Kyle because he pointed him out as the one hey, to listen, watch. And he, obviously, <laughs> he, he seems that type of player, doesn't he? Young, confident lad on loan from Liverpool, knows what he's about, loves to cut in field. He hit the crossbar, he scored the goal for Doncaster. But then as you get towards the end of the game, Carlo Barnes is very, very lucky. If it wasn't for Davo, 
tremendous save springing across the net like he did to keep out Coppinger. Yeah, and I mean, I've said it before and I don't put it on social media. I don't get people that sort of knock a goalkeeper. Devo, okay, every now and then, you know, it might be a mistake. He saves us more points than what he cost us over the season. You know what I mean? And, I, you know, that save was just world class. Was I don't know how he got to it, to be fair. Um, and it's interesting because when you watch the extended highlights back, you always see different things because when you're in the stadium, you just follow the ball, mm-hmm. don't you? You, and, you do, you yeah. Know. You um, do. But... Overall, I think, you know, we lucky were lucky to get to away. Come, I think we yeah. were lucky yeah. to come away with the points. Definitely. I keep that home record intact. A lot of people spoke about it at the at the Bulls of Saturday night. The, the manager did the, no, we don't we actually don't say the manager do it because we treat them as a three. Yeah. Did the management team get the selection wrong Saturday? That seemed to be the very the general consensus amongst the supporters. It, it just felt that there was not much happening in the final third. You could play a high ball to Kiefer Moore, but when he's a lone striker, what 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 can he do with it? And I think that, that was causing problems. Ryan Hedges, great to see Ryan Hedges play, but obviously he went off. Didn't live up to the hype as well, did he? I, yeah, and he's, he's out now for four or five weeks with a broken toe. Um, but I thought Ryan Hedges might provide that natural width and those balls into the box, but it just it, it didn't seem to happen, did it? No, it didn't. We move on to, obviously, last night, Carlo. Oof. Three down after half an hour, but if you put it in another nutshell, three goals conceded in the 11 minutes for Barnsley. That's not something we're used to seeing, are we? No, I think, we said it before we went on air, didn't we? I think the penalty, you, you, you know... You, you give the referee a decision to make and, you know, he gave it. Individual mistakes leading up to it, it again, wasn't I th- it? I think so. I think and then the second goal, um, I don't know if it's McGee in the midfield that sort of doesn't close somebody down and then obviously they play the score again. And then I'm pretty sure for the, is it the third goal? Uh, no, sorry, the second goal. It's almost like Cavari's not in, in front of the players, behind him, so there's, there's, there's nobody marking. Um, no. And that's worrying because... It took us to go 3-0 down for us to start playing. But I thought before Sunderland got the penalty, I thought in that final third, the one-touch football, especially I think McGeehan got an opportunity, it was good one-touch football from Barnsley, it brought to Cameron, he shot from 25 yards, it was a great effort, and Barnsley looked, all the, all the goodness of the season was in that final third, they looked a threat, they looked a top two side, and the management team are going to be disappointed that that was an opportunity missed, because if you look at it, the other result for Barnsley last night, second in the league, game in hand, going into a, a very busy period and they'll they'll, be, they'll look at that as a chance miss last night, won't they? Of course, especially when you gift them the two goals. Yes. You know, individual errors and, and a penalty. We weren't outplayed. No. And I think if you look at over the 93 minutes, whatever we played, you know, off the bar, goal clearance for us. But in the end, it's not what counts, is it? It's a scoreboard that says 4-2. And in three years' time, you'll still remember who scored and how it went. You know, Kiefer Moore grabbed another two goals, didn't he, for Barnsley? He, he, he's obviously into double figures now. He, he's got his key to keep hold of, isn't he, Kiefer? <laughs> you have to, don't you? Kiefer goals, I'm not saying the no. team goals, but he's just pivotal. Because when, when you've got that strike ratio, um, now you've got Coley, uh, Coley Woodrow coming on as well, who obviously tried to prove himself that relationship is going to be key. Because it's been a while since we've played with two recognised strikers. It certainly is, and we spoke about that at length last week. Jacob Brown getting more minutes, but again in an unfavoured position, but it's just more experience for the lad, isn't it? Yeah, I, I get what they're doing. If you, if you look at... Um, if you look at Jacob, they could play him either at right back, they play him on the wing, they play him up front. Same with young Ben Williams, yeah. which is fantastic. But I, I, I'm not sure yet. I'd rather see him, I think, up front of the side. I'm not sure at the back um, if he's as effective as other players, but obviously there was nobody else on the bench. But it's good to see him still involving the youngsters because they're the Barnsley players of the future, aren't they? Moving forward, you look at Saturday. Is it a distraction now, the, the South End game? We'll talk about that later, obviously, with Carl, but is the management team again going to look to freshen things up a little bit before they go into a very busy period in the league? He said, didn't he? he took the FA Cup, he was going to take the FA Cup seriously. I think, you know, the, 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 the Max next Tuesday against the Man City on the 21s, 23s, whatever they are, I think that might be a game where, you know, uh, where he might rest some players. But it's dangerous, isn't it? Because potentially, you know, we were... We, we fell a few places last night following that loss. We could be out of the FA Cup and out of the checker trade in like the space of a week, which is something I'm sure they want to avoid. Certainly. In a way, Carlo, have you been disappointed with the last two games given the run that Barnsley have recently been on? Oh, you put me on block, don't you? Um, disappointing? Maybe a little bit, yeah. This is for the fans. The Vibe.
on the vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. We're back on the Red Report. Seems that the Simple Radio app isn't working. I think if you try my tuner, it will be working on there. But obviously, if you're not getting it live now, you'll be listening to the podcast. So... uh, We'll just crack straight on. Obviously, we've mentioned the two games there, Carlo, and we uh, we move on because we've got a guest in the studio. Angus, um, cheers for joining us, mate. Angus McDonald joins us in the studio. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem at all. Well, Angus, obviously, we'll get talk about modern football. Your, your current situation, you're out well March, I believe. Yeah, I found out I had a DVT in the uh, in the calf, so obviously I'm out till March, so hopefully you can get back fit, fit after after March. How frustrating is that, though? Because it's sort of quite early in the season still. That's... It's March, you're aiming to be back because it's happened to rehabilitation start to be match fitness and everything else? Or? Uh, because it's, it's quite unclear at the moment. Obviously, right. it's uh, it's quite an important thing to get right for the physio yeah. team and, uh, and the staff at the whole. So, obviously, um, you know, hopefully after Christmas can start pushing on and hopefully be back fit for the end of the season. Well, we'll get straight into things then because obviously we asked people if they had questions, Carlo, and we pretty much covered them a little bit ourselves. Yeah, we'll so, look on Twitter in a bit. We will sure. do, but... Uh, Obviously, first off, Angus, how did you move to Barza come about? You were highly rated at Torquay United, well thought of down there. Was it a hard move to make for yourself? What did you hope the move to Barza would make for you in the future at the time as well? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, probably have some of my best memories down at Torquay as well as Barnsley. But you know, I was I was playing well and I had a had a bit of interest. I had a, you know, I probably had a meeting with Rochdale. I think it was that summer, and I weren't I weren't prepared to leave the leave the Bay as such as they call it, but. Um, but no, obviously, when Barnsley come about and you know they just moved, uh, just got promoted to the Championship, it was a, it was quite an easy move. Obviously, I've always wanted to play as high as possible, and and you know that's that when that come about, it was quite an easy easy choice for me. What's it like? Because people love talk, you know, the, the sort of like the vibe between North and South, going up North, and of course, Barnsley sometimes described as the time the, the town that time forgot because we seem to be twenty years behind everybody else. Was it a bit of a culture shock from moving sort of like the trendy South and everywhere you are to to Barnsley, or what wasn't it so bad? And what, what were the people like welcoming you? No, definitely. I always think the the more Northern the people, the friendlier they are. So it was uh, yes. people always <laughs> people from Torquay said, "Oh, you're moving up to a grim place up there." <laughs> but no. It was it, it, was, it was never as bad as uh, people made out that's for sure yeah now we started the season off well uh, yourself you made your debut in a 4-0 win over Rotherham it, it, there was something special about that team wasn't it Sky <clears throat> sorry was almost the limit what was it like to play in with the players that you sort of mentioned you know, you're talking about Robo you talk about Amort and Adam Hamill what was that team like to play in it was amazing you know the experience coming from non-league playing with players down there to then playing with you know the likes of like you said Hurahan uh, uh, Mawson mm-hmm. Robbo you know, just a small few there. You know, everyone was everyone was quality. You know, training day in day out. Everyone wanted the best from each other. So, the team. You know, like you said, we'll probably come on to that in a minute. If we kept them together, we could have we could have gone on to big things. Yeah. Did that come from the experiences from the season before? The younger that you saw in training, do you think from the lads? Yeah, Obviously, definitely. bottom of the league and then promotion and the, the win at Wembley as well. I think you know it really really builds. We had a, we had a great season before. Obviously, like you said, coming from the bottom all the way to the top, it shows great character from everyone in that team. So. They stuck together, and you know you t- you saw on the pitch the season after, you know going on and beating you know Rotherham four 0 and you know then beating Leeds and you beating some of the big teams, and it just showed great character from everyone. If you look back, Dan, or a personal highlight. I mean, as a Barnsley fan, you make yourself a legend if you scored against either Leeds, Sheffield Wednesday, or Sheffield United. Um, there was a bit of a, a tense match, Sheffield Wednesday at home, where a certain Mr. Winnall obviously opened the scoring. You equalised. Is that one of your highlights? And and what was going through your head when you sort of like you connected and I could still see now you're running in front of sort of like the Ponty end. What 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 that will that will always stick in my head as the, my best memory for yeah. Barnsley. Yeah. Um, you know, I always wanted to score for the club. I probably scored a few more own goals than I did in the right end. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, along with making a championship debut, that was up there with one of the best. And I don't I couldn't tell you what was going through my head. I just wanted to jump in and enjoy the moment with the fans. And I think for the fans, because it is a South Yorkshire derby, what was because obviously Winnall had played for the club for quite some time. Uh, he moved to Wednesday in that January um, in that January transfer window. I suppose fans um, were quite negative towards Sam. I think partly was because it's Wednesday, partly because the move of his um, transfer came about on the day that uh, uh, Rimo, uh, his funeral yeah, was on that yeah. day. Um, what was it like afterwards, match? Was, did you still go over to win all? Did you still, or it, was there a rivalry because he, he he left us to go and play for Wednesday? No, not between me and Sam. Obviously, you know I had huge respect for Sam for the goals he scored for us, for what yeah. the work and put in he put in that season. Obviously, I only played for him for a short amount of time, but I had a lot of respect for him. 
obviously things were said on Twitter, you know, jokely in a way, and we just had a, you know, words afterwards. But no, we're still we're still in contact. We're still friends. You know, after the Leeds game, we, you mentioned it before. We'll get into it now. In 2017, the team sat seventh, just outside the playoffs. Obviously, we won that game. How much did the departure of key players leaving, like, you know, Sam Morsey, because he was key when he came, or Sam is a great player, lovely to watch. Sam Winall, James Bree, Conor Huran. How much did that have an effect on the overall outcome of the season in the end? Yeah, definitely. I think if you, you know, not just us, I think if you say it's Leeds and they, you know, they go and lose four or five of their best players, then any team's going to struggle. You know, we had a, we had a right, uh, a right, um, what would I say? Um, we had a right, a tight, uh, bond between all of us so you know losing some of them players is you know was a key factor you know you look to your right and your left and the players that you're used to playing against aren't there and stuff so you've got to get used to it all over again We talk about strength in depth even now with Barnsley I think what happened was a lot of players left and although obviously new players came in it's not only about the ability to play it's that, that team spirit seemed to have gone wasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, we had that team spirit from from day one. Ever since I come through the door, and they they built that the season before, like we spoke about. So yeah. to lose some of that, you know, it really it really killed probably momentum. Right. We'll, we'll be back with more from Angus McDonald after this short break. The Reds Report on the Vibe, sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. This is for the fans. The Vibe.
This is for the fans. The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley. 
Ben Velo's just popped the studio. He'd rather listen to wind, and it made our guest very much laugh his head <laughs> off as we were off air then. And obviously, we've had a, a tweet through. I think one of your mates has asked, is it Rachel? How many Jager bombs has Angus McDonald drunk in one night? So, off air, what was the uh, the answer? <laughs> Three. <laughs> 36. 36 Jager bombs in one night. Didn't end well that night either. And uh, obviously, people getting involved and enjoying the show tonight. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us on the show. And get the podcast if you can't listen live as well. Um, we talked about the period, Angus. That all the players were leaving um, and it, it, it felt like or the fans felt that behind the scenes maybe you know things weren't going as well as they should we were you know we didn't have a CEO it was, uh, it was the, the Rimo had died and he was very much a, you know almost like a legend to all the Barnsley fans did you see a change in the misdemeanor or in, in Paul Hackingbottom did that sort of not your relationship with him just He's a Hackie as a coach because obviously later in that in that transfer season he left were there any signs that you think he might be going or, or did that come Completely out of the blue. No, we we always you know day in day out of training we always knew he was he was Barnsley through and through. So we didn't we never we never saw a change in neck and bottom. We didn't. So <laughs> so you know you know on the training pitch got him on a job and everyone everyone's you know stuck together. Yeah. What were Paul Ecky Bottom like to play for Angus? And after you've asked the, answered that one, what was your relationship like with Paul when you first came into Barnsley? Obviously. Uh, a bit scary. Didn't want to. Didn't want to do, do anything wrong because he had a he had a dark side. That's for sure. I think you see that when we played. Was it Wolves? Yeah. Paul went into the dugout and uh, yeah. he jumped straight in. So, you know, his quality to play for. He helped me loads with you know off the, you know off the pitch after games and stuff. And you know, you know, make putting mistakes right. And you know, he's he's a massive influence on me. Um. In the summer of 2017, we saw a huge turnaround in players. Many predicted an uphill task for Barnsley and in the end, approved drive with the relegation. Um, you were in amongst it. What was the feeling in the camp at that time? You know, the feeling was positive. You know, we, you know, the results weren't going our way, you know. But we were still playing playing well in games. You know, we didn't deserve to be losing some games. But, you know, that's the way it is. And, you know, us players on the pitch had to put that right. You know, unfortunately, that's this that season, we didn't. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, they put it right this season and get yeah. back to where they belong. Yeah. What was the target spoken about, you know, in that summer amongst the staff and the players? What was the target set? Um, I don't think we really spoke about targets. I think we spoke about, you know, just you know doing as well as possible, getting as many points on the board. And obviously, you always want to stay in a league, especially in the championship. You know, the teams you're playing, are, you know, quality week in, week out, the stadiums you're going to week in, week out. So I think, obviously, everyone had in the back of their mind, you know, staying up was probably was probably part of the target even, you know, even if we hadn't spoke about it it's probably in the back of my mind that's for sure Yeah, mm-hmm. that always seems to be the second season once you've been promoted it's always the same first yeah. season it's almost like you've still got that adrenaline to take you through and then the second season um, I talked earlier about Rimo uh, sort of passing away I suppose the other iconic or legend within the club was obviously uh, Patrick Krein. Um what was your relationship like with um, with Patrick because he was very much involved or hands on before the, before the illness obviously with the day to day running of the club wasn't he yeah definitely um, you know, unfortunately I didn't have too many day to day you know, in the, you know, come across him too much. So I can't really say too much. But from what I've heard, he was he was a true legend at the club. Obviously, he brought me in and paid for me. So you know, I can't thank him enough for that. The club obviously gave opportunities to players like yourself, Alfie Mawson, not a James Briggs. He came through the academy, didn't he, Carlo? But a, yeah. the Connor Horan and, and players like to express themselves. And then the players that come in last summer, three and four year deals with the opportunity if it came to move on, was that the was that the carrot for players coming to Barnes? It was a, it was a, Paul said it himself a bit of a, a stepping stone. Yeah, definitely. I think you look at the likes of Alfie Morse and myself and a few others. You know, even before I'd come to the club, you know, I thought it's it's definitely a good club for a stepping stone. If you know you want to play at the highest level and you want to play, you know, Premier League or top end of the Championship, it was definitely a good, a very good club to come learn your trade and then. You know, move on. Um, obviously, you left the club in January, um, and if you don't want to discuss it properly, then we don't. We've got some more music ready. Um, as fans um, at the press conference, week in, week out, um, was it iron levels or whatever? There was something not right. Wasn't you were there? hot topic and, anyway every week, yeah, weren't you? Yeah. Um, and week. people wanted to know because there didn't seem sort of like a reason for you not to be involved. Um, and then obviously the news broke that you signed for Hull. And if I'm rightly saying, were you involved as soon as you? You sort of yes. went to Hull and in the first match, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I used to work in Hull, so I've got quite a few Hull fans um, still there. What was that period like? Because it must be being on that wave of everything that you'd achieved here, um, you know, being captain, being idolised by fans. Um, 
playing amongst a really decent set of lads that some of them still friends for life that went on to really, you know, really good things, better clubs and everything. Um, it, as fans, it felt like a, like a really sour relationship that had gone wrong. Obviously, you don't have to tell us the all ins and outs. But what, what, was, what was that time like for you? Because it was completely opposite to, you know, probably your early days and, and yeah. how you make your breakthrough. Yeah, you no, know, definitely. For me, it, it's frustrating. It was frustrating leaving. Um, you know, I'd done so well the first season I come in and there was probably higher expectations than me the second season you know becoming a captain you know had big boots to fill <laughs> Robert and Morse and Hurahan so but you know I, I probably shot myself in the foot the second season getting sent off at <laughs> Sheffield United away for a, yeah. a, a silly mistake on Leon Clark but there was so much speculation when I left Barnsley that it was it put a downer on it because obviously I loved my time at Barnsley I loved you know being a legend for scoring an equaliser at Chef Wednesday you know yeah. Yeah. so it was a it was a real downer with all the speculation behind the scenes and you know there was there was iron deficiency there was you know but that weren't the reason why I'd left you know I I weren't getting enough game time down to probably my own performances so when you know when it arose that Hull were interested and you know I was going to be in the plans to play first team football at another championship club that's obviously where I went yeah. so it was no disrespect to Van- Barnsley no disrespect to the fans the, pl- you know, the manager gave me a great opportunity the club gave me a great opportunity so I'll always be thankful for that but there was a it was a real downer trying to leave because obviously I really enjoyed my time but you know the fans didn't help in a way because the speculation it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah and as fans you read you know a tweet or something on Facebook saying Barnsley Football Club announced that you know we've agreed a fee with Hull for the sale of and 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 I don't know it's wrong, but as fans, we, we see players, we see people, we see young lads fighting with that shirt on. And then when it says the sale off, it feels very immaterial like this. And, and there was a huge, there was a really good relationship. I mean, besides obviously on the pitch, besides being a captain, you know, the, the, the stuff you did in and around community, the stuff you did for the epilepsy, where, you know, the, the fans got involved yeah. and everything else. Um, the, was it the bike ride that, you, you know, they did where everybody got behind? Yeah. And it just felt... When you when you don't get to here, it, you know it leaves you with just you just want to know, don't you, Chris? As fans, you feel well, yeah. a little bit like you know you, you don't know who to blame. But you've been on a journey with Angus story. as well from that August and him coming in against Rotherham, and then he's gone. A, what what is it? In this fourteen months later, you're gone. And like you said, the, the speculation didn't help things, and the, so in the end, it soured it for you and Angus towards the end. Yeah, definitely. I had I had the best moments of my career at Barnsley for sure, and probably played some of the best football that I've played in my my career. Definitely, and obviously. You know, I just wanted to help the club. It felt like a need to sort of help the club. Wanted to be involved with the community. Wanted to be involved in everything possible with the club, and and then to leave on such a sour note because of so much speculation that wasn't true or was, you know, misinterpreted. Yeah. Um, you know, was a sour note. You, yeah. you talked about some of the players you've played with. Um, am I right in pointing out that whilst obviously you're still friends with quite a lot of them, there was the bromance, wasn't there, between. Um, Angus McDonald to Mark Roberts. There was something about your two, um, and I'm supposed off the pitch as well, because there was a real friendship there, wasn't it? That wasn't just two people that happened to play football together. That friendship was sort of taken further on off the pitch as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Me and Robert just sort of clicked from day one. I think uh, I played with him uh, England C a few years back um, when we we're both. At, well, I think when he was at Halifax and I was at Tork- uh, Salisbury, I think I was at then. And you know, we sort of just you know, as soon as I, as soon as Alfie Alfie left, he sort of took me under his wing, and in every game, and then I sort of grew, and then he sort of grew, and we just sort of helped each other. But just for the record, I had a better quiff than Robbo. So. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, obviously, we've always said it. <laughs> obviously, just quickly going back to January, we, a quick note on here was: were there any discussions for you to actually stay, Angus? And if there were, would you have stayed, or was that never? An option in the um, end. I didn't really, didn't really have much uh, option to stay, no. or you know, as much speculation to say to, to stay. Obviously, I weren't playing. It was a, it was a move to to let me go and sort of you know show if I can play a different championship club. So that was where that was where my head was at. Yeah, and then obviously Paul like in bottom jumps and up sticks to down there one to Leeds. What was your uh, reaction to that when you saw it? Well, happened no, just, right quick, didn't it? To be fair, it just yeah. saw the rumor on Twitter. That somebody took a grainy picture of him in Leeds City Centre in dark. Next thing you know, he's, he's at Thorpe Park. But, but it's really weird because he brought a player in. He brought three. He brought Matt Mills in. They brought a few players. Brought three in. players in. Dropped the goalkeeper. And then the day after left. Yeah. And it's like, as fans, and don't get me wrong, we've got no God given right to know everything. No. But it almost felt like he just had enough and there was a chance and he was going to take it. Because if you'd have asked three months previous or when, when we, the double at Wembley, 
somebody mentioned where it leads to him. He said in an interview, didn't you? I mean, you're born in, in Royston, you either support Leeds or you support Barnsley. I support Barnsley. Yeah. And he gets the lead jobs off and then he's off and he just flabbergasted. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a mad it was a mad couple of weeks. Obviously I left and obviously found out Heckenbottom left probably what a week or two afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. After signing so a new deal on the Friday as well, they were gone on the Tuesday. Yeah, so but I don't think even that helped the speculation. I think fans <laughs> just wanted to jump at everything with me, with Heckenbottom, with anyone really, anyone <laughs> anyone in their site that would have jumped on. I know, it's, it, it was such a shame. And then you look at, obviously, I don't want to ask you about the, some of the players that you played with that come into the club, obviously, when you did. Andy Eidem, he, he comes in for a lot of stick for his, quote-unquote, poor performances towards the back end of last season, but got picked by three different managers. How good was Andy? Obviously, he's in the he's in the championship now. Was he as good as, we, well, we thought he was a great footballer, to be fair. Was he as good as he, that we believed he was? He was? Yeah, and, and, and even better, you know, he had qualities off the pitch that no one ever saw, you know, around the lads. He was great to be in the dressing room with. So, you know, Andy's gone on to do, you know, great things and he, I'm sure he'll go on to do even better things. I have to say that with Andy Idem, Early on in the season, I went with the people from the from fostering because of that relationship between uh, fostering and, and the football club. And we were sat down with a marketing bloke and he says, I'll let you sponsor a player. Um, in fact, I'll choose one for you. He says, oh, I just brought somebody in, Andy Yide. He says, not for this season, though. He'll not be for this season, but he'll be good. And we'll put your name to him and blah, blah, blah. And so three, four months later, <laughs> the guy was captain, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then he went, is that, is the, obviously you're injured at the moment. You've talked very fondly about your time uh, at Barnsley. Is that still sort of like a result that you look for after a match? Obviously, you're focused on Hull, and so you should be. But is that still sort of like that sideways glance saying, let's look in League One and see what see what the lads are doing? Yeah. Because there'll not be many here now that... Who will be? Davies? Potsy. There's, there's Potsy, Potsy, Cam. There's, Potsy there is, Cam. To be fair, Lindsay, Zeki. There's a few in they, the book. Yeah, that was the group of 17 that was brought yes. in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Obviously, last night I sit and watch uh, sit and watch my team Hull play Norwich, and they got a you know good point in the end against a very good team Norwich. League so. leaders, yeah. But no, it's always back in the car and on the way back, and just you know searching for the results. Always look for Torquay, always look for Barnsley. People I played with, people you know how the teams have got on. Yeah, it'd be the same tonight. Probably look how Connor gets on at Villa. I, I want to say I always have a, sheet, a cheeky check on Villa. Yeah. I have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get me gold. <laughs> Definitely, that, the love affair's got to end at some point. Hasn't it, to be fair, and I think that. We closed that book, didn't we, a few weeks ago? Obviously, yeah, but he invited us for all the nays once, and it never happened. No, certainly <laughs> didn't. Um, just to finish off on a just a quick note, then before we let you go, Angus, who was the flashiest player that you played with? Flashiest, yeah. Um, I mean, you like your cars, but you can't see yourself, can you? So no, it's not me. I don't you like your gear as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to say uh, probably Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell, fantastic. Um, who was the, who was lowest maintenance at Barnsley? Lowest maintenance. Um, Probably Adam Davis. He always got stung for his gear, and he never, he never really cared. What I, I had Josh Scowen in mind for whatever reason. He, he always yeah. maybe because on the pitch he just didn't care, did he? he? Just went for it. Yeah. Obvious answer that we think. But who's the best player you played with? Well, you two think Conor Hurra. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, 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 there's a few. There's probably too many to choose from. Robbo probably because the bromance we had. But then last season, Michael Dawson helped me massively. Yeah. yeah. And someone of his quality and his experience. And I think as a defender, it, it's it's not always seen as like a glamorous role. It's when people look at best players you play with, you tend to look at, you know, like Connor with his um, set pieces, you know, his goals and everything else. You hardly ever look, do you, as a no. defender, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of Barnsley fans, ex-players, Sam Orson, don't they? They, they love Dalfi. Yeah, the class and, above. Robbo was a beast. He so certainly was. Um, we know the answer, but biggest mourner? Has to be Sam Winnell. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, definitely. And um, just to finish off with, who was the teacher's pet while you were at Barnsley? There had to be one. Scowan. Scowan, yeah, was he? Yeah, oh. he was He was son of Paul Eckenbottom. Was he? used to always say that. Excellent. But, uh, Angus, thanks for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers for that, mate, no and all problem. the best with your recovery. Thank you very much, chaps. The Reds Report on The Vibe. Sponsored by Opium, the number one indie bar in Barnsley.
Joe, don't panic. You can catch the show on the podcast. I'll, uh, I'll send you a link when it's up on the DM. When I, when I actually send you my payment for last man standing as well, so we'll sort that out. But nice to know that people are saying, "Oh, bugger, I've missed it, Carlo." So they obviously will catch up on the podcast. We didn't. We, we, we didn't. We didn't know. We, we, and, we were uh, sat here with the man. Credit, yeah, credit. Can I just yeah. say, you know, I contacted him on Monday. He confirmed yesterday. Um, you know, obviously, you know, DVT is not great, is it? But more than willing to come here and talk about his time at Barnsley. You know, whether you love or hate the man, he's one of those players that will, if he can, always make time to come in the studio, drive to Barnsley and have an hour with us. We've asked plenty of others and some of them don't get back to you, some of them just ignore, which is fine. And I know everybody will have their own opinion and you're allowed to have, but to me, 
for somebody to say, yeah, I'll come in, no problem, credit. Uh, Just and, uh, enjoy half an man. hour, it's time to be fair, and that's what it's all about. And that's what we bring you on the uh, on what, the Red Report, exclusives, and we try and bring them every week, the best that we can. Obviously, last week with Eddie Moses, this week with Angus McDonald, we can't spoil you every week, so next week, I'm sorry, it'll just... Hopefully we'll be speaking about winning the FA Cup next week and and and, and that <laughs> other competition. Yeah, that other competition. Um, but if you if if, if you're listening to this on the podcast or you're listening live, whichever, um, send us a tweet if you think it'd be really nice to hear from this player. We will always try. We do try as best, don't you we? We, def- we do definitely camp outside some houses in some bushes trying to catch people now and again. I, I, That's I, Kyle's I, new job, I, by the way. I want to say because definitely. last time I were in court, they told me I couldn't talk about definitely. it. So definitely, definitely, definitely Kyle not. <laughs> and in the future, going to try and get hold of Adam Hamill. I think that'll be a good uh, a good show as well yeah. when he's and, back. And if you like exclusives, don't forget 25th of January, Electric Theatre, which is a theatre attached to Barnsley College. Um, the Reds Report, which is sort of us three, present an evening with Barnsley FC. So confirmed our Gautier Ganai, the CEO, Bobby Assel, Martin Disco Devaney, and hopefully in due course, although that might take a few more weeks, um, more guests will be announced. Uh, that's all in ATA's money for this, the, the community radio, the Vibe radio station, but also Yorkshire Air Ambulance, who hopefully that will be confirmed tomorrow. Somebody from the Air Ambulance will be there on the evening as well. So, Excellent. Right, quickly, Kyle, before we finish up, mate, um, we obviously played Southend the other week, 1 1 0. What did you take out of that game that sees as a threat for Barnsley at the weekend before we finish up? Uh, they come at you, you know. They don't sit back. Very like offensive rather than defensive. We've we've seen them. They've, we've exploited the defensive sort of side of them, but they can come at us as well. So, but we don't know what to expect. It's FA Cup, so what could happen? Obviously, a good win against Crawley to get through to this stage. So Barnsley going down there, looking at a, a tough opposition. Then, yeah, yeah, they are. They beat them six two in extra time, so they must have scored about three in extra time there. Yeah, but in league, it's not been going too well since we played them. They've lost four and won one last night so danger man Simon Cox is yeah yeah I'm not sure if he's injured uh, still to be honest but yeah he's their danger man he's their danger man Uh, quick score prediction for the weekend for you from yourself then uh, Kyle Uh, 1-0 1-0 to Barnsley Carlo 2-1 south end 2-1 2-1 south end I'm going to go one apiece and I think unfortunately we're going to have to get a replay and try and fit that Burton game in this side of 2019 we'll be back this. We'll be back next week on the Red Report myself Chris Mason Carlo van der Watering cheers for listening and catch us on the podcast The Red Report on the Vibe sponsored by Opium the number one indie bar in Barnsley follow us on Twitter at the Vibe Barnsley jump into the music Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Offer ends 10-23-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping. And Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 